Welcome to the Mom and Dot 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 Podcasts. We're your hosts, Suzanne Kearns and Missy Stevens. We want to help you through everything that happens in the ellipses, from your professional life to your emotional health. You're a mom and so much more. Let's figure out what comes next together. Welcome to the Mom and Dot 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 Podcast. I'm Missy Stevens, Mom and Dot 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 Writer, Foster Child Advocate, and this week, spring break planner. I'm a little bit in denial that it's March. Excited and in denial. It's crazy. And I'm Suzanne Kearns, mom and dot, 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 writer, LGBTQ and sex ed advocate. And this week I am a spring break unplanner. (laughs) I just canceled all the reservations that two weeks ago Suzanne made. I spent days planning this thing and then we just got to the point where yeah i i think we just want to chill that week so we're canceling but one of my kids wants to chill maybe i'll leave him here with you there you go i'm I'm taking you on a great trip and he's like just kind of want to do spring break at home oh my god i'll be like that grandma that's in all the news i'll do it for twenty dollars an hour (laughs) (laughs) i'll buy you a meal or two as well there you go all right well this week we are so so happy to be chatting with natalie burrell natalie is a school psychologist and academic life coach for teenagers and the founder of Life Success for Teens. She has over 10 years of experience working as a school psychologist in a public high school, and her areas of expertise include working with students who have ADHD, executive functioning weaknesses, and other learning differences. But today, we're going to get to benefit from all of Natalie's knowledge and expertise and apply it to our adult lives. She teaches skills to teens that we can all learn from and apply to ourselves to be our best selves. So welcome, Natalie. We're so glad you're here. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh my gosh. Every part of your bio, I'm like, I want to know more about this. I want to know more about (laughs) this. I I need all this information. But first, before we dive into all that, can you give us a little Natalie 101 about where your career started and how you've got to where you are today? Yeah, I would be happy to. And it's funny, as I went through my training, I realized, you know, so much of what I do is for teenagers, but I can benefit myself as an adult. Mm -hmm. And I try to use all of these life hacks and things in my own daily life and teach them to my friends and my husband. I try to have everybody benefit (laughs) from them. So you're so right. These, These things that we're going to talk about today are great for teenagers, but also really just great for anybody. As you mentioned, I'm a school psychologist. So My formal training began 15 years ago in school psychology, and I've worked at a public high school in the Cleveland area ever since. And I love that job. I get to work with wonderful people. I get to work with families. I get to feel like I'm making a difference in students' lives. But also at the same time, if I'm going to be completely honest, I started to get frustrated with the amount of report writing that it takes to get a student the help they need and the amount of red tape it takes to get a student what they need. And so seven years ago, I started doing a very official Google search on what else can I do with a school psychology degree? Because I felt like I was making a difference, but I wasn't connecting with teenagers in the way that I had hoped to or that I had thought I was going to be able to working in education. It was more, you know, I see a student, I do their assessments, we have a great conversation, and then I'm moving on to the next student and the next student. Mm -hmm. And I might have one that comes back to visit every once in a while, but it just, I wasn't able to see the progress over the long term. And that was kind of missing. So that's how I found academic life coaching. And I love it because it's a nice blend of psychology and education. But I get to be right there through the the goods and the bads and the highs and the lows, just kind of like a motivator, a cheerleader, a support person, helping our teenagers get from where it is that they are now to wherever it is that they want to be. And it just feeds my heart in a different way. So that's how I got to where I am now. Life success for teens, it. it started off just me coaching anybody who would give me access to their teenager and and then kind of slowly grew over time where some of my colleagues were saying, I see what you're doing. That's kind of interesting. Like, can you tell me more? And now we're a team of 12 and it's wonderful because, you know, I connect well with a certain kind of kiddo and my lead coach Allison connects well with a different kind of kiddo. Mm -hmm. So now when we meet with families, It's really just a matter of like playing matchmaker between, you know, what is my coach's background? What is this family's need? You know, how can I connect that student with a coach that they're really going to click with 
on a personal level, you know, maybe they have a shared interest or something, um, or maybe they have ADHD and they need somebody who works with students who have ADHD every day. So I get to play matchmaker. I, I get that I hat too. That. And that's, I love that so part. Cool. So are you actually on staff at a school or how does that work? Yeah. So I actually wear two different hats in totally two different realms. So my school psychologist position is completely different than my academic life coach position. So I do them separately. So it's not as if I work for a school and I'm funded by a school. Sometimes I'll do events at other schools or speaking engagements, Mm -hmm. but no, school psych is different. So I'm I'm a crazy person trying to do full-time work in two different capacities and have my family. But that, I, that's yeah. what I know and that's what I love. So it's okay. That I love it. Awesome. And you mentioned ADHD and mm. you have said before that procrastination and ADHD go hand in hand. And I just want to jump right into that. Procrastination is one of my biggest issues. Perhaps it might be an issue that some other people are familiar with. And so I find it really interesting that you say it goes hand in hand with ADHD. And I'm curious if you can elaborate on that a little bit. Yeah, certainly. Certainly. So you're right. They're kind of best friends, procrastination and ADHD. And I happen to live with somebody who I know is undiagnosed ADHD. (laughs) And to be completely honest, sometimes I wonder if I have it myself. And I don't know if that is just the chaos of everyday life or me trying to do too many things at once and be great at them, or if it's ADHD. And I haven't prioritized taking the time to go get it checked out. So that's okay. <laughs> We're just going <laughs> to yeah. roll with that for right now. But can't you're self-diagnose. Right. Sure, I can. I can get out my DSM um, and just like <laughs> diagnose myself uh-huh. with, with whatever it is I have. But what I have learned is that I really need personally, and a lot of the teenagers I work with need strategies to have in the moment when they are not feeling motivated, when they feel like pushing something off, It's procrastination 101. It's how can we get from that feeling of, I just don't want to do this or I'll do that later into action mode. And for Mm -hmm. some teenagers, that's really difficult. And for some adults, that's really difficult. Mm -hmm. And I have had to learn some different life hacks that I'm happy to share with you. Yes, we want all the hacks. (laughs) All the hacks, all the hacks. Okay, so I will tell you my absolute favorite one. It is called the Pomodoro Technique. And have you heard of this? I see recognition in your face. It's awesome. So the Pomodoro technique works like this. You're going to set an intention first. So what is it that I'm trying to get done that I'm either procrastinating about or just not feeling motivated to do? After you've set your intention, what you're going to do is clear the clutter. And to me, that means the physical clutter in your workspace It also means kind of the mental clutter. Like if you've got a lot going on in your mind, maybe it's taking a few breaths, maybe it's saying some affirmations, maybe it's doing a five-minute calming meditation, whatever it is to clear your mind. So we've set your intention, we've cleared the clutter, and now you're going to actually get to work. And what's motivating about this part is that you're going to set a timer for any amount of time that you feel like you can work uninterrupted. So for some of my teenagers, that's 10 minutes. And for others, it could be 30 or even more. But you set your timer and you've got all your distractions away, right? So you work as diligently as you can for that 10 minutes, 20 minutes, whatever the time span is. And when you're done, you take a pre-planned break. So maybe that's something like going outside, you know, to get some fresh air. It could be grabbing your favorite beverage, getting a snack, whatever it is. You take a break and give yourself a little reward for getting that amount of time, Mm -hmm. you know, checking that off your to-do list that you were able to work for that. And it's a little bit of a a mind hack because if you tell yourself, okay, I can just do 10 minutes, Mm -hmm. oftentimes it's that initial getting started that is the hardest part. So if you can get yourself started, you're on a really good track. And then do you set the timer again for your little break so that that doesn't become a big break? (laughs) My little break would be like, oh, look, it's bedtime. <laughs> right. Oh, look, I'm already I'm in, still clearing uh, my clutter of my desk. <laughs> that could exactly. take me. That could just veer me for two weeks. That yeah. might be your task. You set your timer for. I do. I yeah. I get the decluttering time of this beep beep yeah. beep, and then mm-hmm. I have to get to business. Yeah, it's so true. And you're right. You know, you have to take a break that is not going to lead you down a black hole, a social media right. black hole, a Netflix binge. None mm-hmm. of that. 
So what I encourage my teenagers to do is take a pre-planned break, like know what you're going to do ahead of time so that it's a certain duration and try to make sure you're aware, you know, how long of a break you're taking. And then ask yourself, can I do this again? Do I have another 20 minutes in me? If you do, great. And most likely you do because you're in work mode. And if you don't, okay, take your break and come back to it again when you can. Yeah, I love that. I need to try that. I've heard of, (laughs) I've actually seen you can get a tomato, like a Pomodoro tomato timer. (laughs) Yeah, You totally can. There's also an app if you want to use the app. That's a good one too. Yes. Okay. Do you want another life hack? Yes, we need another hack. So, okay. I need another hack. Yeah. Okay. Another hack is, I'm going to tell you about how I hate to unload the dishwasher. Okay. I can load the dishwasher all day. That's fine with me. But unloading the dishwasher for some reason drives me crazy. I always procrastinate on it. So I do a couple of things um, as far as life hacks with the dishwasher that it can apply to anything. The first thing I do is I put on music that I like or a show that I like. I'm very into the Pioneer Woman right now and Uh I can kind of half watch. (laughs) I don't have to be focused on it. So I turn on either music I love or an episode of the Pioneer Woman. And then the second thing I do is I really break down that task into teeny tiny chunks. So I might say to myself, okay, we're just going to do the coffee mugs. Now we're just going to do the plates or the silverware or whatever it is. And before I know it, it's done. But I think it's that making it into smaller, more manageable parts that feels like, Mm -hmm. okay, I can just do the mugs. That makes it feel easy and not as daunting. And I've added a little bit of fun, (laughs) I'll call it, with the the music (laughs) or the show. And that helps as well. Okay, I love that. I love that. I have found that if I put music on, kitchen tasks are one of my least favorite tasks as well. I don't mind cooking, but I don't really love the cleanup. And it's just, it gets, I get very overwhelmed. I look at the whole big picture. So I'm like, if I chop these things, then I have to clean that. And then I need this bowl. And then, and I spin out of control. So if I put music on, it does help. There's something about having that going that helps my brain relax instead of thinking about every task in front of me. Or do like I do, and we just pay my son $5 a week to unload the dishwasher. <laughs> That's a fabulous idea. I yeah. know. Except yeah, for we do sucks. get the kids to do it. We don't pay at our house, though. Don't tell Don't tell my kids. Ooh, no, he forgets to do it in the morning. So then we sit there all day with this dirty pile of mm-hmm. dishes in the sink waiting for him to get home. Like, please unload. Please unload. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. Okay. So I'm still... I don't want to say stuck on the ADD, ADHD, but we we hear about it a lot. I have so many friends who seem to be getting diagnosed late in life. And even some people in my mom's circle who are, you know, in their 70s and 80s who are being diagnosed now. And I think we do. We're also used to the chaotic lives. We're very busy. And it's hard to distinguish between what is actually something that's diagnosable and what's just something that's a factor of us all living busy lives. So how do we distinguish if there's something that we need to explore more or Mm -hmm. if this is just normal living? Yeah. And I feel like, at least for me, normal living right now feels like I have so many tabs open in my brain. And I'm sure that everybody listening can relate to that, you know, and I sometimes I'm jumping from one tab to the next, like one activity or one role I play to the next. And that can feel very overwhelming. And it is hard to decide, you know, is this, is this just chaos of normal life right now? Is this something that I actually, you know, need to have assessed to see if it's something that needs to be treated either medically or otherwise. And I guess my official answer to that is that of course, only, you know, a medical professional can diagnose ADHD. But if you're feeling like those thoughts or those symptoms of ADHD, you know, the inattention, the hyperactivity, the inability to stay focused for prolonged periods of time, if it's interfering with your life in two or more settings, that's the criteria from the Diagnostic Statistical Manual, the DSM, that you use to diagnose. It has to be two or more areas of your life, and it has to happen often, and it has to have a negative impact on your functioning. So if you're listening to this and you feel like, check, 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 that sounds like me, I would absolutely encourage you to follow up with either like your family, you know, physician, or if you're somebody that sees a counselor or therapist to check in with them, because they have some other tools, more specific tools for assessment to tell you, is this normal chaotic life or does this sound like a medical diagnosis? 
So you can start with a family doctor. I always wondered, where do you go to Mm -hmm. get this diagnosed? Yeah, you can start with a family doctor. Sometimes they will refer you to a specialist or a, a psychologist. And for the teenagers that I work with, sometimes you can go through the school system. The school psychologists like myself cannot diagnose, but we have checklists and different assessment tools um, that we can use to say, is this normal high school age functioning or is this what we call clinically significant from their peers? So what I tell parents sometimes is I can't diagnose, but it looks like a duck. It quacks like a duck, probably a duck. Mm -hmm. And you can take that information that the school gathers to your family pediatrician or, you know, whatever medical professional you see, and then they can use that information to make the judgment call. All right. That's good to know. And do you have kind of that initial checklist of what the symptoms or signs are that you think are, I always hear that like WebMD is a good source for things and it can get kind of scary if you just go on the internet. So if you have a trusted list out there. According to WebMD, you're dying. (laughs) that's it that's their answer always (laughs) don't google it that's really funny i think webmd is probably a good place to turn but you can also google the signs and symptoms according to that dsm that i've mentioned yeah the checklists that i use are more specific statements that the parents and teachers respond with how often they see something so Mm. the statement might be something like you know the student fidgets in their seat and can't sit still How often do you see that? Never, sometimes, often, or almost always. It could be something like, how often do they lose their homework? How often do they look like they're paying attention, but when you call on them, they have no idea what's going on? So they're Mm -hmm. little moments in time, like scenarios. And then the questions are asking how often a parent or a teacher or even the teenager themselves, there's a teen version, see those things in themselves. And then it compares those to other teenagers who are the same age across the country so that it's not biased in any way, that it's comparing to what would be considered typical for that age. I'm curious what COVID has done to that typical typical teen brain. COVID and social media. Yeah. I want to, if we can for a minute, touch on executive dysfunction. You mentioned Mm -hmm. it, you said it, and I hear that a lot. And again, I'm going to be really selfish. I think I have that. But I don't know. It's I'm self-diagnosed. But I wonder if you could talk <laughs> about what that is. And I imagine a lot of moms are in that same category of not being able to figure out where to start. Yeah. So to me, executive function is this big umbrella of behaviors and being able to manage these different things. One of them is time management, being able to manage your time. One is organization, both of your physical belongings, and also organize your thoughts. Another one is kind of emotional regulation. Like, Mm. can we keep our emotions in check and kind of respond appropriately? If you are struggling or you see your teenager struggling with those types of skills, they may have some type of executive functioning deficit or they may have some type of impairment. Sometimes it's just a skill set that has not been learned. So we can mm-hmm. teach those skills. You know, we don't often teach how to manage your time. You know, we don't often teach how to break a history project into smaller, more manageable parts. We don't often teach how do we look at our week ahead and kind of backwards plan and do what we need to do today to get us to step B tomorrow to get us to step Z on Friday. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's just a skill deficit, meaning we can teach the skills and the problem kind of goes away or fades over time. Other times it's more of an impairment where we've started to teach the skills, the students not responding, or we've taught the skills and we see a little progress, but we definitely need more one-on-one support versus just, you know, teaching that skill to a group, for example. Right, right. Yeah, listening to you talk about it, I don't actually think I have it. Okay, good. <laughs> Yay, check that one around. Yeah. Yay. Yeah, I think maybe there's just too much in my head and on my plate sometimes. But yes. I think I'm capable yep. of figuring it out. Yeah. No, and I yeah, like yeah. that idea of breaking down something that's, that's do. I mean, it's science fair time, at, not for either of my kids, thank gosh, but I'm listening to a lot of my friends whose kids are, you know, it's the night before the science fair project mm-hmm. and they're running to Michael's because uh-huh. they got to go get styrofoam and they got to uh-huh. do like all these things. So yeah, it is, I don't know, it's, it's tempting to put things off till the last minute and it is, you know, learn the hard way a lot of the time and we learn they the hard do. way because we're going through it with them. 
They do. And it's, I always tell my teenagers, like, you have to be kind to your future self. Like, please do something today that is going to make your future self thank you rather than not doing something today. And your future self is going to be so mad at you. <laughs> like, we oh. have to take really good care of our future selves. I just wrote that down. I know I that, that may be our pillow. We always say that there's at least one yeah. thing every episode that we want a needle point on a pillow or yeah. put it on a T-shirt. And that's it. Like, take care of your future self. Yes. What a kind thought. I know. <laughs> I know. We always talk about pillow, tomorrow. Suzanne is like tomorrow. Suzanne's really ambitious and really is going to get a lot of stuff done. But <laughs> I leave a lot of stuff for tomorrow, Missy. She's way more organized than today, Missy. <laughs> it's oh. so true. I think we're all guilty of that. And I have no problem saying that I see a therapist as well. And she taught me the concept of coping ahead. So to kind Ooh. of pre-plan some things that you know are restful to you or relaxing. And I have used that phrase in my head a lot, like, what am I going to do to cope ahead? And that's taking care of your future self as well. So just a real small example of that, like I pre-scheduled facials for myself every other month. It's a splurge. I don't even really <laughs> know that I necessarily need to go that often, but I love it. And I know when I go, it's going to be relaxing. So I coped ahead mm -hmm. for the whole 2023. I've got all my facials scheduled and <laughs> I'm super amazing. excited. About it. That is such a great, okay. Yeah. Coping ahead. I love that. Okay. And yes. so we also want to talk a little bit <laughs> for the kid who does have the science project that, mm. you know, that goes kablooey because they didn't plan for it. Or my daughter's going through college application time. So oh, yeah. we're getting some highs and I'm sure there might be some lows coming. And, yeah. and, you know, I had talked about on the podcast about, I put myself out there for a job a few months ago that I was excited about and didn't end up getting it. Mm -hmm. So whether it's us or our kids, there are disappointments throughout life, whether it's because of our poor planning or just because, yeah. just because how that goes. But you talk a lot about teaching teens resilience. And I think we also, <laughs> uh, in taking care of our future selves, need to get better at being resilient as well. So can you talk a little bit about how to help cultivate that in ourselves and yeah. also modeling that for our kids? Yes. So things going wrong is a, is a part of life. We know that it's not a matter of if it's going to happen. It is going to happen. It's just mm -hmm. when. And what I find with a lot of my teenagers is that things feel like the end of the world when they don't go as planned. So, for example, I just had a kiddo fairly recently that did not make the varsity basketball team. And to him, it was pretty devastating. I mean, he really yeah. thought that he was going to get it. He had played JV the year before, like he was on track to do this and it felt like the end of the world to him. And the other thing about our teenagers is when something goes wrong, they tend to put a lot of meaning behind it that doesn't necessarily need to be there. So for example, he started saying things like, I probably didn't even deserve to be on the team last year. Like they just mm. pity took me last year, you know? So he was creating this fantasy about how he wasn't a good basketball player and it all just happened because he didn't make the varsity team. So I think I say that because I just want to acknowledge how hurtful and meaningful and full of emotion a setback is for our teenagers and for adults. Yeah, oh yeah. But what I try to teach my teenagers is that we need to have some type of recovery plan. So let's address what happened. So I kind of walk them through these different steps. Sometimes they're more open to talking to me about this than their mom or dad. And that's no offense. It's just because I'm not mom or dad. Yeah, and right. it's easier <laughs> sometimes to, to talk through it with somebody who, who doesn't have 16 years of emotions built up with you, right? For so sure. the first thing that we kind of go through is like, okay, what was the obstacle or what happened? And what was the outcome you wish you had? So for my example of the kiddo that didn't make the basketball team, obviously didn't make the team. He wished he would have made varsity. And then we started talking about, okay, which things in this scenario did you have control over and which things did you not have control over? So he mentioned things like he had control over how much hard work he put in during the clinics leading up to the tryouts. He had control over whether or not he showed up. He had control about how hard he worked the actual day of tryouts, et cetera. But what was harder for him was what were some of the things he did not have control over? And that's an important piece that I think sometimes is missing from the conversation about resiliency or what could we have done different or, you know, how could we have made this better? 
is there are factors that are outside of our control. Mm -hmm. So for example, there was only two spots on the varsity team this year when the year before they were taking six. You know, there were also many seniors trying out and who knows what the coach's policy is about taking seniors, you know, versus underclassmen. He doesn't have control over how well somebody else did during tryouts, et cetera, et cetera. So when we went through that list of the things he didn't have control over, he kind of started to come around a little bit and realize this wasn't his fault. Like it wasn't something that he did wrong. Were there some things he could have done better? Yeah, he said he probably could have practiced his free throws a lot more outside of practice because he didn't do so well in that area of the tryout. And then we talked about, okay, what would you do differently next time? And so he talked about that, you know, well, maybe next time I'll practice the free throws. Maybe I won't put so much pressure on myself. And then lastly, what are we going to do now? What's two or three things that we can take action and do or think that are going to help us move on? So my kiddo, we talked about rec basketball. He's going to do rec basketball this season because he wants to keep up his skills. He still loves the game he wants to play. It wasn't the outcome he had originally wanted for himself. But there's also some pros to being on rec basketball. And he gets to meet some new people. And he's actually a kid that feels pretty anxious during big crowds and having his whole school watch him. So rec basketball takes that out of the equation. So silver linings, what do we have control over? What would we do differently? Just kind of talking it out and putting less weight on it is really helpful. I just love that as a writer. And I know Suzanne can probably relate. Rejection is frequent with writing. And Mm. every time that happens to me, I go through down that path of like, I, when you said he told you, well, I probably didn't deserve to be on the team last yeah. year. I always think I probably didn't deserve any of the times I, that I've done well. You know, th- when the piece got picked up, I probably didn't really earn that. Or that person probably published my essay just as a favor. It really wasn't yeah. worth it kind of thing. And um, it's so, I mean, yes, adults are dealing with this in their jobs Absolutely. and their relationships all the time. Yeah. yeah. It's hard to overcome that, but when you practice it and you kind of have a model to follow, to go through in your head and change that negative tape or that negative voice Mm -hmm. you hear, that makes a lot of difference. Yeah. I love the idea that resilience can be taught. Mm -hmm. Yes. And it's something that takes a lifetime of learning and practicing and Mm -hmm. doing. And Mm -hmm. since, I mean, as much as we like to focus on the moms here and not the kids, I am in a season of seeing everything through the lens of college applications. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And so I just think that the idea of things that are outside of your control is so important and not trying to be toxic positivity about like, oh, you totally should have got into that number one school. Like they must have done something wrong. You know, not that, but the idea of like most of these schools that people are considering even safety schools now, because everybody's getting 25 to 35% more applications than usual, they're not anymore. And that's just a weird quirky thing of, I don't even know what, there's so many different variables to it. So yeah, I just think there's pro- hopefully a lot of parents are listening to this, if, can apply it to their own lives, but also use it to help their kiddos through. Um, it might be surprises, kind of like the kid that didn't get on the varsity team. It was a surprise. Any other year, they would have been six spots. There's only two this year. And yeah. that's very much the case, it sounds like, for a lot of colleges this year, too. So or it's not true, that they don't though. have as much space, but they have just that many more kids who are there to fill right. the spaces. Yeah, right. right. It's It's competitive. And I've had to have conversations with my teenagers, too, about blooming where they're planted. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't necessarily where they had originally thought they were going to be. But how do we make the most of where we are now? And how do we still get out of it the experience that we were hoping to get in college? And I think something that was really helpful with that is the use of storytelling. So storytelling about people that either they know or they don't know, but who kind of took a different path than they originally had planned or who have struggled with something or had rejection or didn't get into the college that they wanted and their life took a different path, but it all ended up in a great place in the Mm -hmm. end. And I like that use of storytelling because it kind of takes the pressure off of their specific scenario and lets them kind of live vicariously through somebody else for a few minutes. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, I really like 
using storytelling when we don't get something that we originally thought we were going to get. That's a great tool. I love that. Especially as storytellers. Yes, especially <laughs> people who enjoy oh, the right, story. Right. <laughs> uh, we want to pivot for a minute. And just talk, you're an entrepreneur, as you mentioned at the top of the show, you talked about starting this business, but you also have another job and you are a parent. And we think a lot of our listeners can relate to that because they're running their own businesses. They may have several other part-time gigs. They've got kids, they've got partners. What is your biggest challenge in balancing all this? And have you learned anything that you can pass on to our listeners? Yes. So for me, the biggest challenge is... That in my first couple of years of business, I sacrificed some time with my family and I sacrificed my husband's, his time. Like I had to rely on him a lot and it was when my kids were young. So I had to be like, babe, I need you to take both kids. I've got this coaching call. I had a moment and I'm not afraid to admit it now. I was coaching a kid and I had to feed the baby and I had to turn my camera off and feed the baby so that the person I was coaching did not know. And that was too much. And I decided, like, I have to keep this so separate. And so what I do every single year when I make the plan for the business for the year, which, of course, changes midway through, but I (laughs) list out what are my deal breakers? Like, Mm. I cannot inconvenience my husband. I cannot miss quality time with my kids. I will not take on a family that my gut is telling me I'm not the answer for them and they need some different type of help. Whatever the deal breakers are, I list them out at the beginning of the year and I stick to those like really hard because, again, I'm taking care of my future self. Because if I do schedule something that is going to interfere with my kid's soccer game and I miss it, I'm going to be so mad at myself. And I never want to do that. And I don't want to be resentful to whatever that activity is that has interfered. Mm -hmm. So I stick really hard to what my deal breakers are, and that has helped immensely. It took me a couple years to learn how to do that, but that's been my biggest game changer. That's great advice for everything. Like, what are your deal breakers for this project? Yeah, yep. and, and stick to them, them because you always think it's going to be fine, and then, and then you're mad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> and nuts and bolts wise for people who are maybe thinking of starting their own business, like what was this a matter of months? Was this years like the startup and mm-hmm. getting things rolling, getting clients? How did that look for you? It's so this is year seven for me. The first two years were like getting my certification and the practice hours you need to be certified as an academic life coach. And then really learning how to run a business because that's not my background. I'm not Mm. a business person. I work in education and psychology. So I had to find a coach to help me through that process of building a business. And that was a big game changer for me because I always pride myself on being a good student. Like, give me the homework and I will do it. But if I don't know what the homework is, I really don't know next steps. And that was hard starting a business to figure out, okay, what do you do first and second? And is this important or should I do that instead? So I listened to a lot of podcasts, but then I finally hired a business coach. And it took until about year five to feel like things were running without me constantly having to have my hands on all of them. Mm -hmm. Um, And I learned to delegate. I learned to hire good people. If anybody is starting a business and listening, find yourself a good virtual assistant, even if it's 10 hours a week. And if you think you can't afford it, make it work because they take so much off of your plate and are huge time savers. And things that would take me two hours to do, sometimes it would take them, you know, 30 minutes because they're skilled at that. But I'm not. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So get yourself some help as soon as you can, too. Oh, you're singing our song talking about hiring a coach. I love yes. that you did that. I needed to. It's it's honestly, it's where a lot of my expenses for my business are. My business coach is expensive and she's worth every penny though, because I really feel like she's invested in what I'm doing and everything that she tells me to do when I do it, it works. So boy, I'm hanging <laughs> on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there is a coach for everything out there, there I is. think. Yeah. Yeah, she's a coach for online coaches. Everybody needs a coach. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So now if people are interested in learning more about your services, where where should they look? Sure. 
You can look us up on our website. So it's www.lifesuccess4teams.com. It's a mouthful. <laughs> it's a long website. Um, we're also on Instagram at Life Success for Teams. And then we have a parent group on Facebook, and that is called Parents Raising Successful Teams. Ooh. So we do work with students virtually, unless you happen to be in the Cleveland, Ohio area. We do have a couple of people we meet in person. But we always kind of joke that we were virtual before Zoom was cool. Like we we have kids from all over the country in different time zones. So my coaches are mostly in the Cleveland, Ohio area, but I have a couple on the West Coast now because I needed somebody in that time zone. Um, but because of the beauty of the Internet, we can meet with anybody anywhere really at any time. I have a girl that uh, FaceTimes me from her car at the end of volleyball practice. She just sits in there and we have our conversation and it works. <laughs> Love the Internet. Think of all yes. the people in their 50s who, or 60s, or 70s, or 80s, who mm -hmm. could have benefited from starting oh. off just knowing that whether it be therapy or just talking to someone or you know getting some coaching practices in place, more of the life management mm -hmm. aspects of it. How powerful that is to get a running yes. start that young. Yes. Uh, See, future me, who's now me, which is like to go back <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and be kinder to future Suzanne and do that. Right. It's funny. Oh, oh it's God. amazing. And I've learned, I've learned a million things. I know you have more you could teach us. I hope everybody goes and checks out your website and we may have to have you back, but we're closing in on that end time. So we're going to jump into our look, listen, learns. And for those of you who are new here, look, listen, learn is few minutes at the end of every podcast, we talk about what we're watching, reading, listening to, a product we love. Sometimes it's fun. Sometimes it's serious. And we don't like to have our guests in the hot seat. So Suzanne is going first this week. What are you up to? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. So looking at, I wonder, did I already talk about this? I hope not, but I like it so much. Shrinking? Oh, I talked about it last week. Did you talk about it last yeah. week? Oh, it's just or like the week you before. stealing my word of the year or something. <laughs> yeah, but, but this time you stole my shrinking. No, but okay. it's so good. Talk about it again. Oh, well, then we probably, sorry for all the listeners who already listened about it. I just love it so much. It's kind of like so the general mood and like vibe of it is very Ted Lasso, yes. um, but it's with therapists instead of soccer. And the main star, Jason Seagal, is it Seagal or am I thinking Steven Seagal? Seagal? Yeah, you're Siegel? thinking Siegel. Okay. Siegel. Jason Siegel. Uh, Jessica Williams and Harrison Ford are these three therapists that work together. It's just all the ins and outs of how their lives tie together, but just so very fun. vulnerable and sweet. Mm, yes. And I just love it so much. And I think it's Don't one you, you can watch. Do you think Harrison Ford is shockingly funny? He is. He's so dry. He's so dry. So dry. So funny. Yeah. I sort of resisted the show for a little while because I was like, I don't know if I really want to watch Harrison Ford, whatever, like Indiana Jones. Yeah. You know? Like I just wasn't there. And he's one of my favorite parts of the show. His storyline is really dear and he's so dry and funny. Yeah. And it's so cute. And I, you said that you watched it with your son, right? Yeah. And he loves it. And it opens us up to a lot of good conversation and, um, you know, and it's just fun. Like, I mean, there's sometimes Mark is like, but I think it's great. It's not too <laughs> awkward. And, um, you know, it's stuff he's going to be out in the world soon. Yes. And, uh, so I love it. I love it. So and so that I have been looking at. We've been looking at a lot of things on TV. We're getting ready for March Movie Madness. Oh, God. Next, the next episode we record, I'm going to do my look of triangle of sadness. Oh, my God. <laughs> getting ready for the Oscars. Ooh, wait for that one. OK, it's a teaser. Um listening i know we're not supposed to say bad things about books but these are some do not recommend <laughs> i'm not gonna i'm not gonna like totally tear into them but i since i had talked about it before and said i was gonna report back the lost yeah. children archive which was just a slow mover it's very what is it when it's a fancy book literary uh-huh uh-huh very literary mm. We just had the book club about it who, I mean, this book club is the literary book club yeah, it is. where it's like agents, editors, writer, like 
legit publishing world people, and mm -hmm. they had really if interesting insights on it. But I thought it was literary just because I'm basic. But all of them had the same comment that it's, it's just very literary. So if you are into that, there's some very beautiful passages, but it's just thinking your thoughts really deeply. Uh -huh. <laughs> a lot. And probably hard and, to listen to. Like, well, that seems that's like the other thing I was... I was listening to it when I was training for my half marathon. Mm -mm. And one of them was like, well, no, I actually really like the language of it. And I would listen to it when I was trying to go to bed at night. I was like, well, that's very different than when you're trying to, you know, run mile 10. Right. While you're listening to this book. So, right. and then I also, for my other book club, listened to the book Reputation. It was just... If you find like thrillers and twist and turny books, just too twist and turny, and you just want a straight line book that, you know, is written nicely, then this is the <laughs> book for you. I kept waiting for the twist. I was like, nope, nope no <laughs> twist. <laughs> I mean, there's just like the littlest. So yeah, you know, if you're like me and sometimes shows like West Wing or whatever, I'm like, this is too smart for me. I don't get it. So if you find Gillian Flynn to be too complicated, Reputation's the book for you. And, <laughs> and I have stopped listening to all my college planning podcasts, even oh. some of my favorites who have like, they've become part of my life. I've deleted them all from my phone because it's time. Partially because I was shamed by my husband, but <laughs> since someone is, I, someone's really going to have to come physically remove me from the parent Facebook groups about getting ready for college because that, that has been my circle of procrastination. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's been dangerous. Now you can take a few year break before you go through it all again. Well, I keep on hanging in there because I'm like, well, what if they say something really important about, you know, they're whatever. Not, you're good. I almost called them chosen students. What are they? Accepted student, like it was the chosen, the chosen, chosen ones, the chosen <laughs> ones weekend. That's what it feels like. <laughs> anyway, there's all kinds of other crap coming up. And, you know, they might have some good stuff about asking for additional merit aid or that kind of stuff. So, of course, that's only like 0.01% of it. The rest of it is people like, my kid has a 4.4 weighted GPA and cured all these diseases. Do you think they'll be able to get into college? Oh, people are so bad. And uh, let's see here. And my learn, as I mentioned, I have canceled all of our spring break activities. I decided, and I was just getting this vibe from the kids and I was kind of feeling it too. It's just, we love taking vacations together. And I think we're going to do a bunch during the summer, but we're just in this very, I think the kids just want to hang with their friends. Mm -hmm. Like my son's best friend's going to be gone the whole week, except for the days we were going to be gone. And I was like, that's going to suck. Like, mm -hmm. And I just had this vision. There's nothing in the works on Zoe's calendar right now, but I was picturing someone calling like on that Saturday and being like, hey, we're doing this pool party or hey, we're doing this whatever. And I know she would be a good sport and hang out with us and she's not one to right. mope around, but I can just feel what that would have done to me if that was me as right. I was 17 years old. So I think we're just going to save the money and do some little exploration things while we're here. So uh, Zoe was interested in trying out some rock climbing because all these colleges she's looking at have rock walls. And so I was like, you better, you better figure out how to do that. <laughs> the rec centers are just a really different thing than the rec centers of our day. Yeah, we had nothing. We had nothing. No. And so, uh, but I was looking at that and... I know that we talk about on the show how while we're curating these amazing lists of things for our kids to do over breaks, we should be doing stuff for ourselves. So I found a glass blowing class that I think I'm going to make Chris go. Actually, not even make. He had suggested it once upon a time um, to do a date night for some glass blowing. So that's going to be my little spring break camp for myself, I think. We did that last year and it was so fun. Is it just hot? It warned us that there's like no air conditioning in there and be ready. Yeah. Are you going to go to Ghost Pepper? Ooh, I don't know going? where I'm going. I just, um, oh, look. Okay. Yeah. It is hot. It is very warm, but it's so much fun. Okay. Like, yeah. That'd be a good yeah. class for Zoe to take if she ends up uh, up there in Rochester. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> warm up yeah. a little bit. No wonder they do it. All right. So that's my look, listen, learning. Those are good ones. What about you, Natalie? What do you look, listen, learning? 
Well, first I have to say I'm jealous of your glass blowing because I've always wanted to do that. It's, yes. There's a place by me in Cleveland and I have to get there. So thank you for reminding me of that. It's on my bucket list. <laughs> Good. The things that I'm into right now are very, I'm going to say like superficial and lighthearted because sometimes I deal with a lot of mental health stuff at my school psych job and it feels very heavy. And so mm-hmm. I need something that doesn't involve <laughs> really heavy feelings. I need fluff. I need like beach read. You know what I mean? Yep. So I am reading Colleen Hoover books right now that yep. everybody and their mom is reading and buying a Target. <laughs> and I jumped on that bandwagon and I'm really enjoying them. I'm in the middle of It Starts With Us, which is, I think, the uh-huh. second one. Um, and I love that. And then I'm also really into this show on Netflix called Dream Home Makeover. And it's Sid and Shay McGee. Have either of you seen this? No, I love a good makeover show. I love makeover shows. Yes. (laughs) And she just, it's her. She's the brains of the operation. No offense to her husband. But she makes beautiful spaces. And everything she does, I'm like, that is so beautiful. And now she has a line at Target. Oh, Uh, is it Studio McGee? It's Studio McGee. Okay. Yep. All right. So you have heard of it. You have heard of it. And not to go too far into a black hole, but there's also a Facebook group where you can see other people like designing their homes in this style and they link to all their products. So I can go down a pretty deep Studio McGee black hole in my spare time. That's my new new thing I'm into. Writing it down. (laughs) Um, I also have a new favorite app. It's called Zen Color. And it's free. I'm sure there's a paid version, but I have the free version. And it's color by number on your phone, which I spend too much time on my phone anyway. But if I need to like pass five minutes, if I'm waiting at the doctor's office or something and I can't get into a heavy task, the Zen Color app lets you pick these beautiful pictures and then you tap on the different colors and click where they go based off of the number. And when you're done, it's this just beautiful little thing. And it's silly and mindless, but I like it. The Zen I love color. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so cool. Okay, love that. Because, yeah, that's when I get stuck talking about going down a black hole. Um, yeah. Because you just go one little thing on Facebook and then yes. 10 minutes later or an hour later. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's a fun thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's dangerous. Okay, I'm going to check out that out because I love stuff like that. All right. So Alrighty. what about you, Missy? Got any look, listen, learns? I do have a couple. So we've been watching Poker Face. Have either of you watched Poker Face mm-hmm. yet? Oh, it's you know what? On... She's on the smart list today. Oh, I'll have to go listen. Okay, yeah, Natasha. it's Natasha Leone. Mm-hmm. And um, I love her. Every time I've ever seen her interviewed, she kills me dead. Like, she talk about dry. She's dry and quirky, and she's very funny. But the show is on Peacock, I believe. I'll check that and put it in the show notes. But I think Yeah, it's actually, I wouldn't usually know that, except for they made a lot of... Uh, cock jokes on smart list today of course they did did. so yes that's right yeah so it's like kind of an old school vibe of a crime procedural and she she can tell when people are lying and she just figures stuff out she has that almost like monk like ability to figure out what's going on and it's got that old school vibe of like a different guest star every week and I love it. It's got very cool guest stars and just a fun feel to the show. And it's an easy watch. And it's pretty family friendly, I would say. Like it feels like watching TV in the 80s. So I highly recommend that if you're looking for a fun. I don't think you can binge at all. Like we've been watching just an episode at a time. And I don't know if they're all out yet, but we are not finished with it. So maybe not bingeable. Maybe you have to wait for the end. But anyway, recommend it. And then I have been listening to, I've talked about this podcast before, a slight change of plans with Maya Shankar mm-hmm. and the most recent episode is called you have more influence than you think and it's fascinating so Ooh. it's episode I don't know what episode it is I'll put it in the show notes I don't know what number it is but I'll link to it and um, it's really interesting about how people perceive you in ways that you don't realize and how you can exert influence in a really kind way and be yourself and not have to like turn on some sort of like how to what's the book they talk about it how to win friends and influence people oh yeah Mm -hmm. like you don't have to be schmarmy like that you could like actually just be you and exert some um, influence over people so i love it and we'll link to it and then it's so funny i have an app today as well it's called impulse brain training and it is paid unfortunately but every day you get like three games 
and they're just little brain training games and it takes five minutes and I love that kind of crap it's just fun just like matching or drawing a pattern or something and um, so and then they have within the app some other games and there's one I'm so ashamed of this but also kind of proud Um, there's this (laughs) one where you would have to connect the lines, the colored lines between the dots without crossing over each other and you oh, have to yeah. fill in the entire grid. Addictive. And so I showed my husband and he got it. <laughs> and we uh, were at a swim meet, not last weekend, but the weekend before. And we just connected damn dots for days. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, Wait, addicted. Was this a Facebook impulse purchase? I see a bunch of Facebook ads that show like a, can you connect the dots or, or oh, not cross no. the dots? No. Okay. Mm. I thought maybe they got I don't know where I, I think I heard an ad for it, like on a podcast or something, but of course ran right to it because it sounded right up my alley. And and then, oh, and you can also, when you download it, you can play a game and they give you a discount. So who knows how accurate this is, but they told me that I am paying 97% less than full price. So I really am not paying that much for it. Of course, uh, but Relatively. because I did so well on the brain game, <laughs> I got a discount. <laughs> That's <laughs> did so well. And of course, I bought in. I tell like Mark, and I'm like, did yes, you get I'm like, see if you can get 97% off of yours when you download it. <laughs> oh <laughs> but it is goodness. super fun, and I love connecting those dots. Love it. I oh. have connected all the dots. I think um, you're connecting brain. What is it? It's a brain. There are- Neural pathways. Yeah. Neural pathways. Yeah. Thank you. It's got to be good for me. Is. Of course. And I, fig- I figure it has to be better for me than a social media oh, scroll yeah. hole. Yes, definitely. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I'm going to have to check that out because mm-hmm. what's the one I do? Wordle. Oh, oh that yeah. takes so much time. <laughs> so, right? I'm kind of I mean, wordled out. Oh. I'm done. Because I, I used to play the spelling bee every day, too. Yeah. And... And I still play it sometimes. I do love the spelling bee, but I needed some other kind of brain game. Like okay. I was just doing that. And so, yeah, it's just a little different than a word game. Well, I need that for my brain. And then I need, yes, I love all these new practices and hacks that we've learned today yes. about how to get my brain a little more organized for the things that I need to get done and trick it into doing the things that it does not want yep, to do. Yeah, it's all about fixing yourself. <laughs> yep, just brain games. totally is i love what you're doing for teens and i love that we can apply it to ourselves as well absolutely you're helping the next generation so much i'm I'm excited for them and we will definitely put in the show notes so people can find you and so they can take advantage of your services and learn from you as well absolutely well thank you for being here it was an absolute pleasure take care you have a great week thank you you too bye 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 Thank you so much for joining us for the mom and dot, dot, dot podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's show. And if you know someone else who could benefit from the episode, please be sure and share it with them. And while we're begging, please subscribe and rate us wherever it is you listen to podcasts. You can find links to all the things we discussed today in our show notes or over at our website, momandpodcast.com with the A-N-D spelled out. In between shows, find us over at the socials, including our private mom and community Facebook group. The links to that group and all of our socials can be found at momandpodcast.com. Thank you so much for your support. We appreciate you more than you know. Now go out there and make your ellipses count.